Hello, hello. This is Tracy Harrell, and you are listening to and watching Bigger Than Me. I am so excited. As you can see, we have a bit of a celebration here in the studio, 1150 KKNW welcomed us back with open arms. And what this show, Bigger Than Me, is all about, it's about empowerment. It's bigger than me. I bring on amazing people like the two I have in the studio today, like the four I think we have on the phone and the vi on video for you. And we talk about empowerment, what we can do to help each of you live your dreams, to live your best life. And these aren't women who are talking about themselves. It's bigger than them, too. Each of us are servant leaders. We're inclusive leaders. We are transformational leaders. And today we're going to talk about some of the transformations that we're making in our lives, that we're making in the community, and that you can make. And we're not just talking about them. This show is about real talk and real action for real transformation. So guess what's going to happen? We're going to tell you how we're doing it as well. So we're going to do a quick introduction. Again, my name is Tracy Harrell. I am president of It's All Bigger Than Me Consulting. I'm also president of It's All Bigger Than Me Ministry. I'm also president of the National Black MBA Association, Seattle chapter. And my goal in life is to contribute to you, to help others to live their best life. Fortunately, my corporate career consisted of 25 years in corporate America, eight years at IBM, 14 years at Disney, five years at Microsoft. But then I left and became an international bestseller. I contributed to three books. They became international bestsellers. And today we have, I think, two, at least two authors on and, and, and two soon-to-be authors, I believe. And, and we're just writing so that you have specific details about how to change your life. So, again, because this show is called Bigger Than Me, we're going to get right to the people that are here to help you live your best life. And I'm going to start with the ladies that are here right next to me in studio. Yes, we're physically in studio. I'm going to introduce Queen Adam, Adam Diva, and Karen. I'm going to have each of you introduce yourselves, tell us who you are, and tell us what organization you represent, and what is your goal to, of this organization. We'll start with you, Miss Karen, Miss uh, Adam. Um, <clears throat> hello, viewers. My name is Adam Diva. I'm founder of Africans on the East Side, um, and also by trade. I'm an organizer with the union. And the reason why I love what I do, I love empowering voices, youths, and families to be able to serve the greater needs of their own family and build in what they need. My partner here is Karen. You go next. <laughs> I am Karen smith Fraser, uh, Director of Operations for Africans on the East Side, and glad to be here and have this opportunity just to talk a little bit about our organization um, that was started just um, during this pandemic period. And, um, you know, we're comprised of students and parents, youth scholars, community members. Uh, it's a grassroots organization and um, coming together to really address the impacts of racial inequity, particularly in the areas east of Seattle. But, you know, we can find those cases and these inequities all over. Um, we strive to counter the narrative that English language learners, immigrants, and BIPOC students, families, and community members are incapable of excellence. Well, of course, they are capable of excellence, and that's the story we want to tell. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you for that. Now, as you can see on the screen, we also have guests from other places. I'm, I'm going to reach out to Tracy Stone, who she and I wrote together in two books. In my first book, which is Ignite Happiness, and, and, and my third, Ignite Possibilities. And Tracy's calling in all the way from England. Tracy, would you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are. Tell us what would you identify as this idea of empowerment? Why is, have you dedicated your life to helping others, empowering others? Thanks, Tracy. Uh, hi to everybody. Hi to everybody who's joining in remotely. Hi to the lovely ladies who are joined in on the panel here and are sitting with you there at the station. Uh, I'm Tracy Stone and I'm a transformational coach and a clinical 
an advanced hypnotherapist. I've spent well over 30 years in the corporate world, much like our lovely Tracy there. And I focused in all that time on empowering people. I worked in areas where we revolutionized the way businesses worked, helped culture to evolve, to get better, to become more inclusive, to become more human throughout business. And after doing that for a lot of years, I moved into what I'm so much more passionate about, which is helping people on a personal and individual basis to break free of limitations in their life for them to empower themselves. So it's really my whole mission in life to help everyone that I can to get to live the life that they want to live, to break free and to be happy. I love it. I love that. What I love about it is it's not just an idea of change. These women, each and every one of them, have specific details of what they're doing, why it's important, and how. So we're going to go into more detail with Tracy Stone in a minute. But first, we're going to continue with some introductions. And I see one of my favorite people online and looking beautiful in red also, Dr. Yvonne Terrell Powell. Tell us who you are and tell us about your amazing book and anything else you want to share about this concept of <coughs> empowerment and transformation. Again, today is all about empowerment and transformation. Why is that so important? Hi, I am Dr. Yvonne Terrell Powell. I am a licensed mental health counselor. I'm also the author of a book titled An Intentional Walk with God, 101 Days Journey. And that book is focused on transforming your lives, focused on drawing closer to God. If you are a believer in God and want to draw closer, the book lays out um, a number of messages and Dear God letters, an opportunity just to draw closer uh, for 101 days. I also want to say that I also do work around equity inclusion and um, challenging um, institutional and organizational racism. And how is it that we become anti-racist individuals as well as institutions? And so we work in institutions and we work within a social system. So empowering ourselves to be able to engage such a tough and systematic issue is important. And so I do work around self-care. I use Dr. William Smith's work around racial battle fatigue and just really help individuals identify ways that they can take care of themselves from a psychological perspective, an emotional perspective, a physical perspective, and a spiritual perspective. Because approaching empowerment and getting stronger and doing the work you want to do requires that you work in all those areas. And so I really help individuals see the importance of doing that as they push to challenge, you know, personal issues as well as the systemic and organizational uh, racism that we continue to um, have to challenge and work to dismantle. Mm. Now, can you see why I love these people? <laughs> I have one more introduction to go into. We connect on so many different levels. My passion right now is DNI training as well. It's all bigger than me. Consulting is the branch of my business where we focus on DNI. And what I love about Dr. Dr. Yvonne Terrell Powell is that she's been a part of this journey for years. We've been doing this work for decades. And I love you. And you're, again, clearly going to be part of the next series of books. So super excited about that as well. So thank you, Dr. Yvonne. I have one more member of today's amazing superpower of women, Miss Romy Hancock. Can you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and tell us about your journey of empowerment and your book. Absolutely. I am Romy Hancock. I am an author, minister, entrepreneur, wife and mother. And I am also the author of She Believed She Could and She Did. The reason I named it that is because I did. And I teach other people how to do it as well. I was trafficked at 15, escaped only seventh grade education, widowed at 24 with two young kids. And I went back to school and I made it happen. I have gotten to the top of my career field and I teach other people, not just women, how to embrace it, take all, everything that's happened to them in this life and really use it for the empowerment of themselves and their families. And so I, I wanted to say, I love your work, Tracy. It's so important and I'm always an honor to be a guest on your show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So what we are going to do, it says Mike is muted. 
Are we good? Awesome. So what we're going to do next is we really want to go deep for each of you. We want to start with a little bit of learning about how do we help people to move to the next level. We're not just saying it should happen, it could happen. We're, we, we have experts here that will talk about what they have done to truly drive change. And so, Tracy Stone, since you're in the UK, and it's what time for you? 9 p.m., I think? 10. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> this is 10 p.m. for you. I promise we'll get you on. And if you want to drop... Uh, at some point, I, we, we will not forget, we will, uh, we will be thrilled for you to get some rest. I know you have an early start tomorrow. So we're going to go in really specifically on the work that you and I have done together. You do work around rapid transformational therapy. And you and I had a session. And what I love about it is, and can you tell people what RTT is a little bit more? Like, why does it work? Let's talk about beliefs. So what you did for me is you helped to change my beliefs. And in doing so, it changed my actions, which means my outcome became different and is becoming different. But we have to also hold on to those things. So help me real quick. Let's just, just have you talk a little bit about the mind. Since this show is about empowerment and everyone here is focused on empowering others, why don't you give us a little background about how the mind works and how we can empower others? Well, once you start me, I'll never stop now, Tracy. You <laughs> yeah. know that on this topic. Um, thank you for that. So the mind is amazing. Let me just introduce RTT, those are methodologies. So RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy, is a form of hypnotherapy that is very therapy-based uh, with kind of the, the major part of it being rapid transformation. Now, very often when people are going through therapy, different types of therapy work in different ways, but often it's a long journey. Rapid transformational therapy is a method that was created by one of the world's foremost hypnotherapists, a lady called Marissa Peer, and she created this because she realized people don't want to have to always go on a super long journey in order to get to where they want to go. So with this methodology, which focuses in on aspects of NLP, aspects of CBT, aspects of psychotherapy and hypnosis, uh, and a number of other techniques as well, it brings the best aspects of each of these together into like a supercharged form of therapy. And mostly we say that for around 95% of clients that we work with, with this approach, they need just one session in order to get where they need to go or to at least get well on that road of getting there. Up to 5% of people might need around two to three sessions, depending on what kind of issue it is that they're dealing with. Now, the way this works is by transforming your belief systems. And the reason that we use hypnosis to do that is that your belief systems at a basic level are stored in your subconscious mind. And one of the great ways of accessing your subconscious mind is to do so through hypnosis. Now, how is that different to your conscious mind? So in brief, if I explain it as the conscious mind is your doing mind. It's the mind that we're all using right now. We're together, we're talking, we're chatting, we're sharing, uh, we're listening. This is our conscious waking mind. Now the conscious mind has got a very short-term memory. So it's not great at driving change all on its own. When we're driving change, we need to be able to affect where the belief systems are and that's the subconscious mind. Now in RTT, what we do is radically change the belief systems in both ways, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. And together we get them basically singing off the same hymn sheet, singing the same way, talking the same way, feeding good language in, because at the bottom of this is the knowledge that your mind is absolutely controlled by the words that you feed it with. So the things that we believe are created as belief systems in our mind by the words we use that describe the situations that we find ourselves in, the way we respond to those situations, 
And when we add the words that we're using, add to those emotions, whether those are strong positive emotions or maybe strong negative emotions, when we kind of add a strong emotion into the words, it seals it into the subconscious mind very quickly as a belief system. So for example, if you were to scream when you see a spider, which I very much used to do, you scream and you say, oh, I can't handle it, I have to get out. That establishes itself because there's an emotional response and there's words and together they become a belief system. But guess what? You can change your belief systems at any time you want to. And you can change them as quickly as you want to as well. And you do that by changing the words and you change it by the emotions that you connect with those words and choose to let go of the thing that's holding you back. Tracy, can I, can and I, it's that way of working that we use in RTT. So Tracy, I'm, I'm going to interject real quick. I want to make sure people are understanding the true power of what you're saying. So basically, if every woman on this, in this room, on this call, is focused on empowerment, what we're giving you are specific actions that you can take. But first, you got to understand a little bit more about your mind. And so there's four rules of the mind, Tracy, right? You can tell us a little bit about how the mind works. So we've all probably been in a position where you thought about losing weight, but your actions weren't aligned with that, right? Mm. You, still ate the, you still ate the Cheetos, <laughs> right? Or you still ate the Oreo. So you said you wanted to lose the weight, but your actions, your actions did not align. So what Tracy's saying is when you think about the, your true beliefs, she actually can provide some clarity around the four rules of the mind. If you can give that to us real quick, Miss Tracy. Absolutely. So yeah, the, the mind has these wonderful rules that help it to know what to do to help you out. So the first rule of the mind is that the mind will always do what it thinks you want it to do. Now, how does it know what you want? It knows by listening to everything that you say, whether you're saying it out loud or whether you're thinking it quietly up in your head, your mind hears those words and it doesn't question. Your mind is not there to question it and to change that. It's there to hear it. So if what it's hearing is, I want the pizza, I want to lose weight, but I want the pizza, your mind is going to listen to what you say and give you what you're asking for. So if you're asking for the pizza, if you're asking for the burger, if you're asking for the extra helping of something, it's going to encourage you to achieve the thing that you want to have. So the mind will always do what it thinks you want. Second rule of the mind is that the mind loves the familiar and it hates the unfamiliar. So it's very drawn. It's a creature of habit. It's very, very drawn to what it knows, what it's used to, what's familiar. And that's why if you're used to at, let's say, four o'clock in the afternoon every day, grabbing that extra piece of fruit or grabbing a, a piece of cake or a biscuit or, or something sweet, or if it's used to every single Monday going out for dinner to somewhere in particular, it will encourage you to do whatever is familiar. So the mind will drive you towards whatever it's used to. And it does that because it thinks we've always been doing this and you're still alive. So let's keep doing what's been keeping you alive. So it doesn't really reason it any further than that. It just loves the things that it knows you've done before and it thinks that must be safe. So the third rule of the mind is that the mind loves anything that you link pleasure with, and it hates anything that you link pain with. But interestingly, we tend to crosswire that particular rule, and we start linking great pleasure with the things that hurt us. So we might start linking pleasure, if we're talking there about food and wanting to drop weight, we might link great pleasure with eating particular foods, and we might link pain with not being able to if we have to diet. So anything that we link pleasure with, again, the mind will push you towards. So you've got to correct that messaging and start linking the truth. The truth is that the foods that make your body feel better and healthier and fitter, those are the foods that you need to start linking pleasure with. And when you start linking pleasure, the mind will say, have those, eat those, and stay away from the foods that you are now linking great pain with the foods that actually add weight onto your body that make you feel less than happy with how you feel and how you look and how fit and healthy you are. 
So if you correct that signal about what you want to link pleasure really with, be very, very clear to your mind and let it know what I get great pleasure from is eating moderate amounts of food, the healthy foods, the foods that make my body so much happier. And then the fourth rule of the mind is that the mind is absolutely controlled by the words you use and the pictures or emotions that you connect with those words. So it's all up to you and what you feed your mind. I love it. So basically we control what we do. We control our, beha our behaviors. So if this group is talking about empowering others, just knowing some of those basics is some foundational information. We've had this on the show before. I just thought as we go into the next book, and we're going to have some exciting news to talk about in the next couple of weeks, but as we go into the next book and we're recapping the things that we've brought to this show in the past, we want to make sure you start the holiday season out, for example, with your mind wrapped around you have control. You, you're not at the whim of, of things that happen around you. And one thing that I'm going to do, Tracy, before we get off this topic of weights, um, we're all going to, we, we all do what we do easily. So we got some ladies here who we do it because we love to do it and we do it all the time and it's easy. Weight loss for me is not easy. Clearly. Clearly it's not because otherwise I wouldn't be 100 pounds overweight. I am going to start weighing in live on the show as an accountability to show you how the work that I did with Tracy, changing my own beliefs, how it works. Everything else I talk about from a DNI perspective, that is easy for me. So as I'm training other people how to think differently about DNI, how to embrace inclusive leadership, how to truly create an inclusive culture in their organizations, how to do the work that they that seems to be extremely hard for people. Right. As we say, hiring people of diversity is not enough. You have to create an inclusive culture. For me, these things are connected because it's a mind shift, too, to believe that that's possible. It's a mind shift, too, to believe that anything is possible. The ladies here believe anything is possible through the power of our minds. So thank you, Tracy, for putting that out there. Is there anything you want to share specifically about community change as, as, I, as I move on to, um, to our next topic or we build on what you just said? So a lot of the work I did back in the corporate world was very much about cultural change, enhancing the business by having better diversity and really listening and empowering people to be equal and to ensure everybody is heard. One of the great methodologies that we used to do that is one that was created by General Electric and it's called Change Acceleration Process. And it's really a methodology that helps to drive engagement in change. It ensures that everybody gets a voice and that's so critical. And obviously it's not what has been happening all over the place. So if we have better tools, if we have better platforms, if we have better understanding, if we have a voice to share, if everybody gets to have their voice, we have some hope. Mm. So changing and embracing equality, diversity, uh, and everybody getting an equal voice, it's so vital I love because that. everybody is important. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You guys see how the work that you're doing with Africans on the East Side perfectly aligns with what she's saying. We can say we want it, but we got to teach people how to give it to us, how to make it a possibility. So, um, Adam and Karen, I'm going to go to you guys. Did you hear what she just said about, you know, this is about how do you change, but change it in, a, in an accelerated way. How do we help everyone to have a voice? You're solving a problem with Africans on the East Side regarding people that are immigrants not having a voice. Tell us a little bit about that, why you're trying to empower everyone to feel like their voice matters. Karen, do you want to go or me go? You go. I think your story is important. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, like um, um, Tracy is saying, I'm just going to start by telling you the mission statement of Africans on the East Side and why it was created. I have a sore throat today why it was created and why it's important for people to know the work we do. Um, the mission statement was to cult cultivate respect, 
for the language, culture, and needs of BIPOC youths and immigrant families. And um, I've been doing this work for almost 20-something years as a volunteer. And then I just turned it in to um, empowering families of immigrants. And that's where Karen came in, and we started building on it. So um, I, I always call the immigrant family the unforgotten one. But they bring a lot in society in America because there are some things that they do. Even people who are born in, the, in here wouldn't do it. So um, also being ESL, English as a second language, nobody caters to them or listens to them or give them respect. So they always feel like devalued. So I come in and listen with compassion with humbleness, and then guide them so that we can hear their story and the story of their families and help them. And most of this work, what I'm doing is I have walked the work and I have been in their shoes. So I know it and I understand it. So that's why AOA is created and I have the team that I have. And Karen works with me closely on doing that and making sure that that works. But I'm also going to say my faith, believing in um, Allah, I'm a Muslim, believing in Allah and guiding this, and I'm also a mother of three amazing daughters. Um, so I am a voice for my own family and also voice to other families who are going through the same thing, but they don't know how to come out about it. So I'm there to help them, represent them, be their voice, and teach them so that they can advocate for themselves. Mm -mm. Do you love my people? <laughs> yes, I love that. Now, this is how I connect the dots. So she just talked about belief, how she's doing this amazing work in the community, and she believes that she can make a difference, but she's also encouraging others to believe that their voice matters. So, Dr. Yvonne, I'm going to come to you when you use the word belief, Tracy Stone also talked about the importance of beliefs, right? So, so Dr. Yvonne, tell us a little bit about, you know, your book and the beliefs system, the beliefs that are required for people to know that they matter and how, and how that valuing of themselves is so critical to truly transforming to get the life that you want. Yeah, I'll just start my belief system. I am a believer in God. Uh, my book is An Intentional Walk with God, 101 Days Journey. Um, and I believe I have faith. You know, scripture does say, you know, he's faithful. And I believe that. I also want to broaden that as we look at a structure and a system where, um, you know, a racism is alive and well. And that does have an impact on people day in and day out. And so we can, it's kind of, it's built so that we don't believe in ourselves, but when we can believe in ourselves, when we can see a vision, because I think belief uh, anchors when you have a vision. So when I have a vision, then I, you know, I often tell people, you can write that backwards plan. You can say, this is my vision. This is what I believe in. And this is what I'm going to do. I think it's important for individuals to know that our brain is also built to connect with other people. Our brain gets energy from other people. So when we believe and we're able to connect as we're listening to the others talk, when we believe and we're able to connect, we get more power, we get more energy, right? We like, oh, we can do that and we can do that together. So belief is really important. And then as we voice it, I know we've talked about voice. Voice is important. And when you use your voice, we know sometimes that voice gets pushed back. But then you have to anchor back into what do you believe and where is your circle of folks who also believe what you believe. So that gives you, again, the strength to push forward to do some of the things that you want to do. And so vision and belief come hand in hand. And then also as we work with other people, again, because the brain is built with energy. And it is connected with others. And so when you can find other spaces and places and people to connect, that just gives you that extra, mm, I believe that I can do this and I have resources and support. 
I'm going to use my voice and know that my voice can be challenged. However, I'm going to build strategies so that I can continue to bring my voice forward. And so I think those are the pieces that we have to think about. You have voice, you have belief, you have strategies. And then most definitely you have relationship because relationship is key mm-hmm. to being healthy and key to the work that we have to do. Mm. So that's how I would kind of pick up that piece. I love it. I want to ask you to bring in the... Uh, I can't hear you. I'm going to ask you to bring in... Can you hear me now? Something happened, Tracy. I can't hear you. I'm not sure what happened. Can you hear me now? So can you hear me now? Well, she may cannot hear me, but can you guys hear I, me? I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. I was going to say... So what I, I'm taking notes because I want the, the, the audience to, to understand the connectivity to what's happening right now. So I heard you say, you know, belief anchors on vision. Each of us have a vision, right? Each of us have a vision that we want to drive change. So if you think about it, you guys were nodding your head when she talked about, um, you know, the vision and beliefs. Is there something you wanted to share, Karen? Or uh, Yes. Um, you also just, um, you know, just being... Um uh, forthcoming and just saying that racism is al- alive and well. I think uh, uh, that was uh, the visuals of that was escalated during this pandemic and just all the violence um, before and since uh, George Floyd's murder. And um, so, but the challenge with change is that same belief system. You know, how do we um, build the trust uh, between communities? Uh, within communities to make the changes that really need to be changed. And I think that's where uh, our vision with African on the East Side is to, you know, elevate the voices of those who have not been heard. Um, Oftentimes, a lot of our uh, community, even school programs cater to, in our outreach, seem to miss the same group. So African on on the East Side are, are trying to intentionally go to community members, families, students who don't think that their voices are of value. For some reason, in the past, they have been invited to the table but not given utensils to eat at the table. <laughs> so I think that it's important that we acknowledge that and acknowledge those stressors in the community um, that divide us. And um, so AOE is intentionally you know, seeking out their voice, what are, what are their needs? I don't want to assume what their needs are. Um, I want to find out from their voices, hear their voices, hear their gifts and talents that uh, can make real change in the community. We can't keep doing the same things over and over. Mm, I love it. I love it. So, again, I heard you say, as I connect the dots, <laughs> this is why I brought this specific group together. With the Bigger Than Me success series, one of the things, Dr. Yvonne, one of the things you said was, you know, we work better in community. Uh, Romy, I'm going to bring Romy and bring Tracy on as well if you can. Uh, We do, right? Romy, what I just heard uh, Karen say is um, they're focused on elevating the voices that have not been heard. And your book, tell us the title again. She believed she could, and she did. You told a story of drama and drama, and you were trying to elevate the voice so that people right now in the middle of the pandemic, we got a lot of drama and trauma happening in people's lives. But what you were able to do is you were talk, You spoke about the many, many dramatic things that happened to you, but you also have a list of success strategies. Here's how you move forward. What are the top two things you would want to share with people about how they move forward? Karen just said, you know, we're all focused on elevating the voices of those that have not been heard. You were trafficked, for heaven's sake. You yes. were a, a young mother, uh, widow, at 20, in, the tw- in your 20s. Let's talk yeah. about those voices, but really let's talk about what you did. Give us two strategies that you would suggest for people who are struggling, who are in the community, like what the Africans on the east side just described. If, if these are people who haven't been heard, who've been marginalized in the community, what are the two, two or three top um, strategies you would share on how we can all become more empowered? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think number one is feeding your mind. Um, I think a lot of people don't don't really take advantage of that. I mean, we all have, you know, most of us have access to libraries and things like that. But feeding our mind in the sense of like learning about yourself, learning about history, learning about um, what it takes to become powerful, 
talking to yourself as if you already have it. So that is another one of the 18 principles that I have is really pretending in your life that you are already where you want to be and acting as if you have it. There's, you know, this thing about manifestation, right? It's it's in the Bible. God talks about manifestation and believing. You shall believe, you shall have, right? Um, another strategy is definitely forgiving yourself because so many people hold on to guilt and they hold on to failures. But, you know, fail 100 times, you just found 100 ways not to do something. It is not a purposeful thing to have. And I can say that I I went through all of this. I went through guilt for, you know, my first husband's death. I went through guilt of being kidnapped. What did I do wrong to deserve that, to be raped, to be brutalized for months until I escaped? I've gone through it all. And I teach people how to unravel the situations that have really clouded their mind and, and made them feel like they are victims. Because I say, you know what, we're all victors and we have to really live from that space in order to have it. I love it. I love it. Ladies, I, I saw nodding. Every head was nodding as you were speaking, by the way. That's why this group is so powerful. We're, 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 we're inkling out these amazing words of wisdom for you. This isn't for us. right? We're doing the work still, but we are all servant leaders. We are all transformational leaders. This is for you, for your transformation. This is us transforming our community. And so what I heard you say, uh, Romy, was this concept of manifestation. You talked about talk to yourself like you already have it. Tracy, I'm coming back to you with your rules of the mind. And we all know it's important to talk to yourself. I'm going to have each of you talk a little bit about the, the, the powerful ways we can change. But Tracy, I'm going to start with you. Tell us about the power of manifestation. Why you said changing your beliefs leads to changing your life. Talk to someone who might be at home right now feeling, you know, depressed, you know, unemployment's ended, money's short, we're going into the holidays. We've all been traumatized by this pandemic. Give us a little more insight about how we can manifest a future that is different than the one we're currently living in. Why is that so important and how do we do it? This is about not knowing a thing about doing a thing. Absolutely. Thanks, Tracy. And it's so important. But people talk a lot about the law of attraction. And a lot of people seem to think that the law of attraction is really about just wanting something or saying that you want it. It has to be an awful lot more than that. The words have to start you. They have to exist first. And I'm going to explain why. But if the words exist, and if you're using those in the way of the law of attraction that says, look, if I want it, if I put it out there into the universe, then what I want is going to come and find me. But it's only going to come and find me if I take action. So the words have to exist first because it's the words that start everything else going. But the words are then followed by action. So that's really, really critical. It's not enough to just want things to change, to want things to be better, to want um, to, to be more successful in life, to get the job, to get the better job, to get the pay rise, to get whatever it is that you want. You can't just simply want it identify the actions and be brave to take the actions as well. And the reason that that all follows through is that change happens in three steps. First step in change is change your words, because when you change the words, you give your mind the clarity that it needs in order to understand what you're going to begin to do. So step number one is change your words and that changes your programming. That leads to step two in this process, which is a change in your habits of belief, what you believe, and your habits of action, what you do. So if the words now marry up with what I believe and what I do, it leads me on to step three in this process of change, which is a change in how I feel. And this is where we tend to come unstuck, that a lot of people tend to feel that I don't feel the change yet. I don't mm. I don't see the, the change happening. I don't feel that that's coming for me. When they haven't yet put the effort into changing the words consistently and they haven't put in those actions and allowed themselves the space to believe that something new is available to them. And it's only when you do these things consistently 
that you actually get that end result of feeling and knowing and, and truly believing that the change is coming. So the law of attraction is a lot more than just simply saying, I want a new car, I want a new car. It has to involve the action as well. I love that. I love that. Every head, once again, is nodding. Everyone was like, yes, yes, we agree. The reason these women are here is because these are women of action. You've all decided you're going to change things and you're going to help others to do the same. Dr. Yvonne, you wrote your book because you wanted to help people get closer for a purpose, right? What are the top two uh, lessons from your book that you would want to share with someone who, again, is trying to transform wants to get to a better place and is not sure how. I am going to get to that, but I did want to respond to the concept of change. When we think about change within the institution of racism, it can be a little different and a little more challenging. Even though we can look at it as an individual perspective, we find it to be very collective. And so how is it that when you talk to the people, who are on the ground experiencing poverty, experiencing the impact of racism, experiencing the impact of being excluded, right? It's a different conversation. We very well may apply those three, but coming into the collective and have a conversation with people who are experiencing this day in and day out, we really have to focus on the four areas. We have to look at the psychological, the physical, the emotional, and then that spiritual. As a collective, so that I can work to kind of figure out, yes, I have these words. These words very well may match how I'm being treated when I go to the grocery store, how I'm being treated when I'm sitting at the table, how I'm being treated when I don't have food on my table and I'm trying to access it. So I do see this, there is a formula for change and we have to really think about how do we look at the massive and look at the collective to focus on ways to change. So I just wanna make sure From my perspective, how I see it is how we think about it in sort of that everyday piece where we find black people and BIPOC people being challenged by racism and its intersectionality of classism, ableism. And we can keep going, you know, on from that point, you know, um, gender, gender identity. So I just keep in mind the intersectionality of what happens as we look at change. And then I'll just transition to the book that I wrote, my focus really is on, I believe in God. And I believe that God is able to do, his word says he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And so my book is written like, do you really believe that? Do you believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think? And if you do, how do you lean in closer? Because he says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if that's the truth, how do I lean? If that's what I believe, how do I lean in and take an intentional walk with God? Just walk with him, talk with him, and feel his love as he's showing me, right? As he shows me how to deal with the impact of life. And so the book is focused on that. 101 day messages, an opportunity to have an affirmation. And then at the end of the day, an opportunity to say, dear God, like, Lord, this was my day. And this was I in search for. And can you just help me now and help me as I move forward? Because I hold on to your word that says that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. And so those are the pieces I put in place as I think about the book that my sister and I wrote, An Intentional Walk with God, 101 Days Journey. Mm-mm-mm. I love this. <laughs> this, is, this is like my divine purpose in life is bringing amazing people together to tell stories, to empower you to live your best life. And what's super exciting is, did you hear what she just said? You heard Tracy Stone talk about believing it is not enough. You also have to take action. You also, then you heard, Yvonne just mentioned, you got to lean in. If you believe it, you got to lean in. That's action. So I'm going to ask Adam Mm -hmm. and Karen again. You know, she also mentioned the concept of working in a collective. The Mm -hmm. fact that, you know, we got to go and talk to the people who are living a different experience day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about if you had to, like, look into that camera right there, that one right there, and we're inviting our community, continuing to invite our community to be a part of change, to believe that their voice does matter, even though up until now, many have felt like it hasn't. I want you guys to do your plea. Adam, I'm going to start with you. Do a plea. Do your request. 
to our people. We're coming out into the community. We're bringing people together for, uh, what do you call them? What kind of sessions are you focused on, Karen? Listening sessions. Mm -hmm. We have a series of listening yeah. sessions coming up. Invite people to be involved in the work we're doing. We're writing a book. We're using all these videos and these shows. These are not just for this moment. These are going to be all part of the next book, which is connecting the work I've been doing for the last three years, literally, with this live show, with events in the community, bringing people together, changing in community, changing, changing lives, but changing in community. So, Adam, I'm going to have you talk to your community right now. What would you say to people about invite them to be a part of this? Why does their voice matter? Get, we, this is going to be the clip we're going to put on the, on the website. <laughs> so give it to us. <laughs> talk to them. Um, all the three women, what they have said, have touched my heart. And um, uh, <clears throat> I want the community, my community, community, even if you don't belong in my community, to reach out to AOE. You have a place there. I'm, I am not like any other organization uh, like where you come in and uh, they make you feel like, oh, your voice don't matter or you are not intelligent. I'm not that kind of a person. Everybody is invited. Everybody walk of life. You come in, you have a story. You have something you can tell. Just come in and we'll listen to you and help you out, figure it out. Come in as a family, come in as a whole, because I, I will work with each and every one of you within your family. I love um, what I do. It's my passion. It's my compassion. And while I'm doing the work, I lead it with God. That's why I love what I do. So everybody in each walk of life, come and join AOE. There is something in there for you that will help you grow, that will help you make you who you are. Judgmental time is over. Making people feel unwelcome is over. Talking about people is over. Just believe in yourself and walk into AOE, and your welcome will give you a hug. <laughs> I'm working with great people. I work with youths. I have youths who are working with me, who are amazing. Karen, um, I, I, what, what can I say? She's always there, ready to go and hug. We just went out the other day and break bread with a community that was out in the streets for almost three and a half months. But Karen came with me to that event. If you see people dancing, SCIU, my own union was there, my community, my culture, every walk of life, all in the room, just dancing, celebrating. That is what I love, and that is what I think America needs right now. All right now. You heard it here, people. Listen, can you guys believe this is the fastest hour ever, right? We got literally less than, how many minutes do we have? Six minutes. Can you believe it? Okay, ladies, this is what we're going to do. I like to wrap up the end of the show with a very clear call to action. So I'm going to have each of you basically share what is that one thing for someone listening? What's that final takeaway you want to offer up to someone about what they can do? Again, this show is about empowerment. It's about transformation. It's about being joyful on the journey, knowing that your voice matters. And we are here for you to provide you not just information, but activation. So I'm going to start back with Karen. Uh, just as quick as you can, give us a call to action. What would you, what's the final words you want to share with the audience about what they can do to own their voice, to be empowered? You do not need a degree to be powerful, to contribute to the society, to contribute to your own family. You do not need credentials. You just need to be fully yourself. We want you to be fully yourself in all that is, whatever language, whatever culture, whatever gender. You are a value, and you have something to offer your community and your family. Yes. Love it, love it, love it. Adam, same question to you. Uh -huh. What is the last thing you want to share today? And we'll have you back again next week. <laughs> but tell us a little bit more. What would you want to share? Well, what I want to say is my arms are open. Come in, and I'll give you a hug, and we can talk. I know we're in COVID, but like what Karen said, come in. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to do anything special or be someone special. Just come in, and you have a space there. I am there. 
my kids are there, Karen is there, my team is there, and come on, let's do this together. Education does not matter. We just want compassion, love, humbleness, and kindness, and the most important one, respect. Mm, you heard it. Dr. Yvonne, you're, you're, you're nodding your head. What, what are your thoughts right now? What is that one contribution that you want to end, want to remind people to, to just process between now and next week when we come back to them? You're muted, Dr. Yvonne. I just wrote, like, believe and love yourself that you were called to do great things and to take action. And your calling is calling you. And so we have an opportunity to sort of lean in and push into the great things that we have been called to do. Mm, lean in and push. I love it. Romy, I'm coming to you next. What would you like to share as a final call to action, final word of wisdom, final opportunity for our listeners to just be more empowered each day? Sure. You know what? If you have gone through hell and you have gone through so many different things that have just tore you down and you are alive and watching this program, you've actually won. You have claimed that victory. Start living like that. You are an amazing soul and you have a reason to be here on earth. Let's shine your light. Mm -hmm. You have women right here that love you, that want to see you do great. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. This literally is the fastest hour of my life. <laughs> Such a great conversation. Thank you so much. Tracy Stone, I'm going to ask you the same question. What final words would you share based on the conversation we just had today? We've learned about the four rules of the mind, which means the power of the mind. You own the power of your mind, right? You can drive change. What would you like to share as your final words? So focusing on exactly that perspective, Tracy, that the your mind is completely controlled by your own words, I would encourage everybody to identify what it is they actually want and to start feeding their mind those words. Don't balance those words with the opposite. Don't balance those words with, I want to fit in, I want, but I don't. Do not give yourself that type of balance. Feed your mind only with the words that you want it to be. Don't allow the world to knock that out of you. Believe in what you are worthy of because you are worthy of everything and you are already enough in every way. So use the words that establish that in your mind, even if others around you are not supporting it and are not giving you that result. Allow yourself to lead the way and believe it for you first and you will start to see change happen around you. Mm, I love it. I love it. I want to see this full room with the celebration. That's the shot I want you to share, if you don't mind. Because what we're actually doing is celebrating you, right? What we're doing is celebrating the love and the, the, the peace that we each have in our hearts for you. Again, we started this by saying we're servant leaders. We are servant leaders. We're transformational leaders. So join us each week for Bigger Than Me for your personal transformation. Join us because talk is not enough. It's all about actions. So join us, and we're going to continue to take you on a journey of transformation. Remember, it's bigger than me, but together, it's not bigger than us. We got this. Thanks.